0: Welcome to the podcast Love to Heal. I'm Yulia, your guide on the journey of self-discovery, healing, and spiritual growth. Welcome back to episode three of Love to Heal. I'm excited to start the conversation of duality of life today. By the way, to make this more of a conversation, I urge you to ask questions and leave comments in the Q&A section of the podcast. So, day and night, dark and light, female and male, good and evil, water and fire, these are all examples of dialectical monism, uh, which expresses the fruitful paradox of simultaneous unity and duality. Perhaps the most symbolic of all is yin and yang. This is a concept that originated in Chinese philosophy describing opposite but interconnected mutually perpetuating forces. Yin and yang are thought of as complementary rather than opposing forces, that interact to form a dynamic system in which the whole is greater than the assembled parts. Everything in our world exhibits this yin and yang aspect. Think about the shadow. It can only exist if there is light. Death exists because there is life, and vice versa. Understanding this duality answered many of my lifelong questions. One of them always made me question God. I always thought if our creator is all powerful and all knowing, why is there so much evil in this world? Now I see the answer. Good can only exist in relation to evil. If evil didn't exist, we wouldn't know what good is. We'd have nothing to compare it to. If criminals didn't exist or tragedies didn't occur, we'd have no heroes in our world. And the list of examples goes on. In regards to human nature, as a Lebanese-American writer Khalil Gibran put it, every man is two men. One is awake in the darkness, the other asleep in the light. And this is because every person is made up of the unconscious mind and conscious mind. When you make the unconscious conscious, you will understand the light. Let's take a closer look at this duality. The conscious mind is everything that you're currently aware of, thoughts, feelings, memories. The unconscious is everything which you're not currently aware of. It is a reservoir of feelings, thoughts, urges and memories that are outside of our conscious awareness. Thanks to psychologists like Jung and Freud, it's been established that exploring the unconscious and analyzing its effects on consciousness allows for meaningful interpretation of our experiences supporting self-reflection and understanding bringing to light unconscious influences can be extremely therapeutic for example a person experiencing self-sabotage is likely to undermine their own development failing to implement strategies that could support their healing When we begin to explore our patterns of behavior, we may recognize certain related unconscious schemas, such as self-doubt, a sense of worthlessness, or a fundamental mistrust of others. Thankfully, these schemas can be consciously modified to change the person's belief system, thus beginning the healing process. You're probably wondering, how this psychological explanation plays into the spiritual approach to healing. Simply put, any self doubt, self loathing, or feelings of worthlessness are due to the lack of love in the soul and the absence of love and trust in our Creator. This brings me to yet another duality the human eye and the divine eye. In previous episodes, I talked about the idea that we all carry God within us our divine self is eternal we live our life on a spectrum between the human the earthly and the divine as we move away from the human which takes practice human logic weakens and the significance of daily affairs decreases consciousness actually becomes secondary As we move even further from the human, the significance of our emotions and feelings decreases too. We gradually stop depending on our emotions. In other words, the more we can turn off human logic, the assessment of situations, and the more we can stop regretting the past and worrying about the future, the more easily we can rely on love and good nature, the easier it will be for us to turn human love into divine love. Let me give you an example from my life of when I should have used divine logic rather than human. Many years ago, after completing my master's degree in modern languages, I applied to a doctorate program in a nearby city. I had all my life figured out I had a good plan, I was to become a professor of translation, and I felt that I was on the right path. I waited patiently for the acceptance letter, feeling fairly confident that I would be accepted, and when the letter finally came and I opened it, to my surprise, I was not accepted into the program. I immediately teared up, feelings of failure, doubt in myself, and hopelessness rushed over me. I was reacting to the news with very human logic. Back then, I didn't know about divine logic. I didn't know I should have trusted divine will, that God had a very different plan for me. I was in distress because there were no other nearby programs that I could have applied to. This meant that I needed to either move away from my family if I still wanted to pursue a doctorate Or I had to rethink my life completely and come up with a new plan. Of course, little did I know that soon, very soon, I would be applying my language skills at a local software company, which never even would have crossed my mind. But it just, this opportunity came into my life because it had to. It was obviously meant to be in my life. And this opportunity would allow me to travel all over the world and help me meet many influential people and open so many interesting doors for me. You know, as they say, where one door closes, another one always opens. We should remember this every time something doesn't go according to our plan. We can train ourselves to use divine logic, just like muscle memory forming a habit takes time, but it's very doable. If we want to see changes in our behavior, we have to start to trust the process of life. We need to realize that we are one with the divine and that our goal in life is to evolve spiritually. The duality of consciousness and subconsciousness is key to our evolution because we can use our conscious to identify our subconscious weak points. We can explore our doubts, negative thoughts and behaviors, but then we can periodically disconnect from the consciousness and let love and divine logic reign in our daily lives then when problems arise, we can immediately employ a mantra or a prayer, such as, God, everything is your will. Or you can say, I trust the process of life, simply. This helps maintain love in the moment, saving us from saying or doing things we may regret later. Another way to look at this duality is, as the russian psychologist and author sergey lazarev explains is that in the body there are two streams of energy that circulate one of them is the divine energy which creates two streams of time and therefore movement in the universe and this leads to an interesting observation that desires come from instincts and instincts come from divine love severe suppression of desires leads to a sharp drop in energy and the love in our soul also begins to decrease giving way to aggression and consequently illnesses and misfortunes so learning to live as your heart desires really means Trusting your feelings more than your consciousness. The soul is wiser than the mind. So we need to focus on what our higher self desires because our soul is divine. When the soul is primary, the subconscious leads the way guided by the divine. And this results in making correct decisions. In Bhagavad Gita, a Hindu scripture it states that the mind is our friend but if the mind comes first then it becomes our enemy remember our mind is connected with experience and moral guidelines with a value system that exists at the level of consciousness so it can help us cognize the divine but at the same time the mind is connected to the ego which has been conditioned by society So we need to learn to let our mind help us connect to the soul, and then we can start to nurture our desires. Following our true desires will ensure higher levels of divine energy, which means more love in the soul, which means more health and happiness. Just think to a time when you did something that you really wanted, something that your heart desired. And when you did it, how did you feel? I bet it felt really good. It probably felt right and it made you happy. And when you're feeling happy, you feel loved. You feel like you can take on the whole world. And this is the kind of energy that we receive when we are following our true desires and we are in sync with the universe when we disconnect from the human logic we stop being the victim we don't look for someone to blame instead we use this opportunity to work on ourselves if only i had known this sooner i remember when my ex decided not to be with me anymore i felt my life was ending at that moment It seems so silly now that I think of it, especially that a few weeks after the breakup, I would already be spending time with my true soulmate, my now husband. But in those hard moments, when that relationship died, a piece of me seemed to die with it. I felt like a victim. I felt that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't lovable or that there was something wrong with me. If only I had known about disconnecting from the human logic, it would have been so much easier. I should have trusted the divine plan. Everything was going according to plan. I just didn't know it. I didn't believe it. As the 13th century poet Rumi elegantly put it, sorrow prepares you for joy. It violently sweeps everything out of your house so that new joy can find space to enter. It shakes the yellow leaves from the bow of your heart so that fresh green leaves can grow in their place. It pulls up the rotten roots so that new roots hidden beneath have room to grow. Whatever sorrow shakes from your heart far better things will take their place. Now you know When difficult situations arise, manage them from a place of love. Trust that everything is going according to a divine plan. Use your consciousness to remind yourself that you are love. You are loved and try to preserve love no matter what happens for your sake and the sake of those closest to you. Let's look at another kind of duality. This one is sure to raise some questions. I know it did for me. If everything is God's will and according to divine plan, then do we have free will or not? (laughs) So the answer is a bit complex, but we do have free will. And I like to think of it this way. Our parents gave birth to us and they had complete control of us until we got older and started our adult lives. We're still related to them. We have their genes, we share their DNA, but they don't control our actions or our beliefs. We will always be connected to them spiritually and biologically and they can guide us and help us if we let them, but we are our own persons and free to do what we desire similarly God created us gave us our temporary bodies and basically said go live and experience this world I'm here if you need me I will guide you and love you but you're free to do as you wish many religions address this duality in sacred texts and for example in Islamic faith, there is a cliche that states, trust God, but tie your camel. In essence, this means that faith is a great way to have a relationship with God and trust in him, but also use the tools he gave you to protect yourself and your belongings. And there's also an anecdote that comes to mind that I heard a while back, that I feel depicts this duality really well. And it goes something like this. A man was stuck on his roof in a flood, and he prayed to God for help. And soon, a man in a rowboat came to help. The man in the boat yelled, Jump in, I can save you. But the man on the roof yelled back, No, it's okay, I'm praying to God, and he's going to save me. So the rowboat went on. Then a motorboat came by and the fellow shouted, Jump in! I can save you! But the man on the roof said, No thanks, I'm praying to God and he will save me. So the motorboat went on. Then a helicopter came by and the pilot threw down a rope and shouted, Grab it! I will lift you to safety. But the man on the roof said, No, thanks. I'm praying to God, and he will save me. So the helicopter flew away, too. Soon the water rose above the rooftop, and the man drowned. He went to heaven and asked God, Why didn't you save me? I had faith in you. And God answered, I sent you a rowboat, a motorboat, and a helicopter. What more did you expect? So why rely on God? Well, when a person has faith, a clear pattern of priorities arises in the subconscious, and the divine will becomes primary, while the human will becomes secondary. Yes, I should still work hard for what I want, but whether I receive it or not will be ultimately determined by the Creator. Sometimes we fight so hard for what we want that... When we do achieve it, we realize it's not really what we wanted in the first place, or it doesn't make us happy, or maybe we gave up too much in the process. When something is meant for you, it typically comes to you easily. When you follow your true desires, when you're in tune with the soul, you will be guided by the divine and you will receive all kinds of help along the way. When you follow your mind, and your goal is only to make money or prove someone wrong, for example, it will be typically a hard fight with many obstacles along the way. This is why people say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. When you don't rely on the divine at all, and you only rely on yourself, then You begin to fight the will of the creator. And when a cell fights the body, trying to control it, this cell becomes cancerous. A cell to a body is what we are to God. We need to learn to live with this duality and strive for what we want, but learn to go with the flow if we don't achieve it just yet or at all. Remember, we can't see the bigger picture. We don't know what the future holds. Trust in the divine. Don't fight it. The symbolism of the self fighting against the body, uh, which becomes cancerous, is very powerful because many diseases, cancer included, is a result of varying negative emotions that eat away at our soul. Feelings that we won't let go of because we feel hurt, because we can't forgive, because we feel that life has been unfair, and so on and on. Realizing and accepting that we're part of something bigger, a bigger organism, helps to trust the divine will and not fight it. To continue with the cell metaphor, we all are exists for a reason. We aid in the functioning of the bigger organism, which is the universe. And each of us has a job and is responsible for a different process. In this life, maybe I'm a nerve cell specializing in communication and sending signals between organs. Who am I to say that I don't want to be a nerve cell anymore, that I'd rather be a muscle cell? Life isn't fair, and I want to protest. This is an unhappy cell that will try to change the DNA, and once it's out of control, we know what happens. Cancer. And so, similarly for people, we have no choice but to be thankful for what we've been given in this life. Sure, we can strive to be better on many levels, absolutely, but we shouldn't feel like a victim. We shouldn't be angry at God for giving us the body, the circumstances, the parents that we've been given. Make the best of what you have and know that you are here for a reason and you are an important piece of the whole. And one more type of duality that merits our attention can be summed up by the word parenting. Parenting involves loving a child, but also punishing and reprimanding when necessary. Both are needed for the development of a healthy and respectful human being. Similarly, if we perceive our Creator as a parent of sorts, we will accept both His love and punishment in our evolution on this Earth. We will have no doubt that our Creator loves us. Even if we're punished for something we did, felt or thought wrong, God's love is unconditional, but it does involve punishment, which teaches us and helps us evolve spiritually. To sum up, we must learn to live dialectically. Humans are dual beings, and we need human logic to control situations and to protect ourselves. But... We also need to learn to manage difficult situations differently, not by falling to primitive forms of management like resentment, irritation, or hatred, but rather using divine logic and love to deal with problems and learn from them. And if you're wondering what God's love looks like, look around you. If you have a home to sleep in tonight, that's love. If you're a parent to a child, that's love too. If there's sunshine today, that's love as well. If you have functioning legs and arms, that's so much love right there. Be thankful for what you have. You are loved. And I thank you for listening to today's episode. And I will leave you with a quote by Albert Einstein. Enjoy and until next time. The soul given to each of us is moved by the same living spirit that moves the universe.